Praise God. And thank you, praise team. If you turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 3, we're back into our study of the Gospel of Mark this morning on Father's Day. It is Father's Day, and fathers, we are thankful for you. Mark chapter 3, while you're turning there, if you're a dad, would you stand up if you can? I didn't even have to, I didn't even have to tell you to clap, but that wasn't a great clap. So I think, yeah, I think it's better. Yeah. All right. You guys, you guys can be seated. I did think it would be good for us, um, you know, to be fair. We did honor some special moms a few weeks ago. Um, I wonder which one of our dads here this morning has been a dad the longest. That doesn't mean you're the oldest but that you've been a dad the longest, okay? Now, the way you figure that out, dads, is how old your oldest kid is, okay? That's how long you've been a dad. All right. So, how many of you um, have been a dad for over 50 years? Okay? We're starting, we're starting really high. Go ahead and stand up. Go ahead and stand up if you, if you can. All right. There's a bunch of them. There's, uh, there's seven. I see seven guys standing and, and, and maybe one that can't that... So there may be eight of us that have been dads for over 50 years. That's worthy of some applause, folks. That's a, that's a great job. All right, how about, how about over 55 years? Sit down if, you, if you, uh, you haven't been a dad for over 55 years. Okay, we got these two guys uh, left. Ken, you still up? Okay. No, he's not. Okay, he's down and he's really, okay, got it. So it's between these two guys over here. 55 years. How about uh, either of you been a dad over 60 years? Charles? Charles, there he is. There's the... All right. You may be seated. And one more special dad today we want to honor. How many... I want to see which dad has the most kids here today. Okay? Just kids, not kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. I'm sorry. We're just, just kids. All right, so how many of you have uh, three kids here today? Would you stand up if you have three kids here today? All right. Very good. How about four? How many of you have four kids? Stay standing. All right. How many of you have five kids here? All right, Brian, that's your last one up. All right. Congratulations. And way to go, kids. Way to come. All right. Way to come. Fantastic. What a blessing. Pardon? Yeah. Pardon? Oh, no, it wasn't, but it should have been. I wish it had been. Okay. All right. I'm so blessed um, to have a wonderful dad who I get to see later today, Lord willing. Um, I'm really looking forward to, but um, and I know many of you feel that same way, but, but I also recognize Father's Day is not the same for everybody. I know that. Everybody had different experiences, different dads. Um, different memories, all those kind of things. And so we know this is a day of, of some pain for some people too. And we remember you, remembering you during that as well. Um, and, and, and there's lots of reasons for that pain. Um, but uh, we also recognize that the Lord grows us uh, through that. And he hasn't left us without a great dad. Because in Christ we have our Heavenly Father. And, and, and that is no joke. He is the real, 
real father. And we'll see that here in Mark chapter 3, starting with verse 31. Mark three thirty-one. Then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. We think that Joseph had already passed away by this time. Or he would have been there, too. Standing outside, they sent someone in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him, and they told him, Your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my brother, are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. That's a pretty loud statement. He wasn't saying that Mary and his brothers that were there weren't his mother and brothers. But he's comparing two sets of people. He's comparing our natural relations, our natural kin, and our spiritual kin. And he can do that because of the way it is. When a person puts their trust in him, as these around the circle had done, those that he was looking at were, were, were probably pretty much his inner circle. They were, the, they were, you know, right up front listening, you know, gleaning everything that he was saying. His disciples and, and, and apostles, these who were, were following him closely, they had received him. They, they had put their trust in him. In fact, they were, they were giving up, they were giving up everything. They were, they were gambling the whole farm on him being who he said he was. They believed. They were those who were doing God's will. Because God's will is this, that we believe on his son, the one that he sent. That's his will. Now, there are lots of aspects of the will of God, but believing in Jesus is the beginning of it and the end of it. And these that he was pointing to, they were related to him more deeply, more significantly than his blood mother and brothers. And and like I said, if Joseph had been there, he would have included father in that too. These are our most significant relationships. Because these are the relationships that are going to last forever. Not in the same sense that we are related to each other, but the impact of these relationships. Because, and I mentioned, I, may, I say that because remember, Jesus said when he was answering the, the, uh, the, the Sadducees one time about, you know, who, who are you going to be married to if, you know, they gave the story of the guy who had, you know, six wives because 
the husband or the, 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 the wife who had six husbands because the husbands kept dying. And he said, we're, it's not going to be like that in glory. We're going to be there. We're not going to be married, you know, like we are here and, and have these kind of family relationships. But the impact of these relationships among believers is going to last forever. And I'm glad that this passage falls on Father's Day because this is a good thing for fathers to remember and for us to remember about fathers. Fathers, we ought to be more concerned about our kids' eternal life than about anything else in their lives. including their grades, their athletic prowess, their dramatic abilities, their financial well-being, their health, all of these things that are wonderful things and things that we need to be focused on that we need to care about, more important than all of those things is their spiritual well-being. The Apostle John, I want to, I want to turn to First uh, John chapter 3, makes a real loud statement about that. About us being a part of this greater family. First John chapter 3 verse 1. He says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us. I love the, the use of the New International Version's lavish. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. We're not just called that. We are that. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God. And what we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. That's awesome, isn't it? Dads, remember that. As you're, as you're raising your kids, as you're helping raise your grandkids, Great-grandkids, remember that. The children of God are the ones who get to see Jesus as he is and become like him. They're the ones that get that high honor. They get that no matter how much wisdom, how many mechanical, how much mechanical knowledge we've passed on to them, no matter how much we've taught them about the jump shot, no matter how often we've taken them to practice, no matter what their bank account looks like at the end, those of them who have put their trust in Jesus are a part of the family of God, and they're going to see Jesus and become like him because they're going to see him as he is. That is awesome. John said the same thing in John 1.12 when he's describing the people around, around Israel that were coming to know him. They were coming to know Jesus. 
Most people weren't. And I mentioned this verse because most dads don't care that much about this. I'm not saying that about midway dads. But I'm saying that there are a lot of dads in a lot of churches today that are a lot more concerned about their son's golf swing than about his eternal life. They're a lot more concerned about how he's doing in their job than how he's doing with the Lord. And listen to what John said concerning the many, many people who weren't receiving Jesus. He said, Jesus came into his own, but his own did not receive him. But all who received him. See, there were some that were. All who received him. Those who believed on his name. He gave the right to become children of God. That's what it was about. It wasn't a matter of that there were more or less of them. It was a matter that there were some of them. Those who received, even though most people didn't, those who did, they were given the right to become children of God. Listen to how Jesus put it in Luke 18. It's the last place we have you turn. Probably. Look at verse uh, Luke 18, verse 29. This is after Jesus told the rich young ruler who was really, really doing a great job of obeying God's commands. And then Jesus said, okay, then just go sell your stuff and come follow me. And, you know, the word says his face fell. Like, what are you talking about? I ain't doing that. And he left. And then Peter said, we've left all to follow you. Jesus says this in verse 29, I tell you the truth. Jesus said to them, no one who has left home or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. So dads, you want to do your kids a favor? Granddads, you want to do your grandkids a favor? Great-granddads, want to do your great-grandkids a favor? Teach them about Jesus. Follow Jesus. Let them see and let them hear that there's something more important than just the stuff that doesn't last. Teach them that. Show them that. Some of you thought, some of you are thinking, hey, I'm past that now. You know, all my kids are gone. My grandkids are even grown. You know, you're not past it. You can still be a shining light in their lives, showing them what life is all about. What a great encouragement for a, for a great grandchild to see his or her great grandfather continuing to learn the Word of God. Continuing to memorize it. Continuing to share it 
with those children or those young people. The job is never over. And those of you who aren't biological dads, I hope that you're catching on to something in this relationship also. All the kids in the body of Christ are yours too. So don't think this is just about biological dads. This is all of us who have these roles within the body of Christ. Within this family, especially the local body of Christ. That we have the, we all share the same responsibilities. But we have different opportunities, but we have the same responsibilities. To care for these kids. That's why we, that's why we took this time this morning for the Prosser family. To let them know that we're all in with them on this. No matter what. No matter what, we're all in with them. And that means we're going to pray. Which dads, I'm sure I don't have to tell you that. Praying for your kids is the highest calling you've got. Because it's God who does the work in them, not you. Uh, we would we would love to be able to, you know, drive it into them. But it's God who does that. And so, yes, we set an example. And that's a high calling, too. We set an example of being men of the word, being men who know it, being men who are growing in it, being men who use it to show us what's right and wrong. Men who are willing to admit when we've fallen short of it and we've received God's forgiveness for that because we've confessed that to him. Our kids, grown kids, young kids, need to see that from their dads and even from their spiritual family dads. Men who who may have great success in this world, but their greatest success is with the Lord. Because with the Lord is forever. All the other things are temporary. I've mentioned before that dads are, are usually really great at helping prepare kids for the important times of life. But they often forget that the longest time of life is that time after this life is over. So if we're, if we're good at helping our kids be ready for school or be ready for college or be ready for jobs or be ready for marriage or be ready for parenthood, we also should remember the most important thing is that they're ready for eternity. And not just to enter into eternity, but to have a lot stored up for them there. To live their lives in such a way that what they're doing counts for eternity, is having an impact in eternity. And the great thing about this, dads, it's never too late. Some of us think, oh man, I really blew some crucial opportunities. We may have. It wouldn't be surprising 
Remember when Jesus described human dads uh, being able to do some good things for their kids? He says, even though they're evil? Ouch. He happens to know us. He made us. He knows our sin nature. He knows how evil we are. And even in our evilness, we still can do some good things for our kids. We need to acknowledge that. We need to come to grips with that. And we need to be on that. And our kids need to realize that about us. We're human beings. And if we've, if we've wasted some opportunities with our kids, pray for the opportunity to make that up in some way. Not completely, not, not on a mission to make up for lost time, but pray for the opportunity to have an influence, to have an impact now. That's, that's one of the great things about how God relates to us. He gives us lots of second chances. Lots of new opportunities. So let's never think, dads, that we're, we're too old. Or that we've let too much stuff go, go on. And we've lost our opportunity. No. Let's never think that. Let's remember who we are in Christ. We're redeemed. We were lost causes. We had no hope until we turned, turned our lives over to Jesus. Until we put our trust in him. Then he made us new and gave us new opportunities. Well, he does the same thing with our opportunities as dads. Oh, and I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to come on too strong with this. That probably won't go over well. That's why I come back to what I started with. Pray. Pray that God will give you the opportunity to have that eternal influence that you may have passed on earlier. And those of us that still have these opportunities, that still have these chances right before us on a daily basis, let's cash in. Let's cash in. I want to encourage you, what you're doing this morning is is a great way to cash in. It's a great part of, of what you're supposed to be doing with your kids. They're seeing you set aside a very, very important time of the week to worship God and to grow in your knowledge of his word and to fellowship with his people. They're, they're seeing that every time you bring them here. This is important. It's not everything, but it's important. And it's helping them be around the right kind of people who have the same kind of eternal goals for them that you do. As we saw here this morning with the Prosser's in the dedication of Annie Jane. Acknowledging that we're, we're doing this together. Oh, the parents have the higher responsibility. But one of their responsibilities is to get them around the right people doing the right things. And so I want to commend you even for being here this morning. When I, when I know there are, there are a lot of other places that a lot of other people are right now. And some of those places are very enticing, but you've done this and this will pay off for eternity.
the things that we say here, the things that we talk about here, the things that we do here will pay off for eternity. Because we're among those, as Jesus described the people around the inner circle there, the people doing the will of God. Oh, not perfectly. But that's our commitment, isn't it? That's why we have these big books or tablets or have them on our phones or whatever. That's why we have it. Because we believe that this is God's word. We believe that this is what he has said. And if we live our lives this way, we are doing his will. We are bringing him honor. We are bringing him glory. And what we do when we're doing that is going to last forever. And so let's make sure, dads, that eternity has the highest priority in all of our values for our kids. That if they, won't, if they only remember one thing about being your kid, about being your child, is that you are looking forward to being with the Lord Jesus for eternity. And I don't know if you noticed it this morning in the verse that we put on the, on the screen from John 17 in the Lord's Great Prayer. But not only are we looking forward to being with him, the amazing thing about that is he's looking forward to us being with him. And that's an incredible thing. Give that to your kids. Oh, you can't make them believe. But your witness, your example, your love for your wife, your service of Christ within his church will go a long way in paving the way for them to also put their trust in Jesus Christ. And don't forget to pray. Let's bow together. Our Heavenly Father, some of us can understand you as your word describes you, very easily. Because we have dads who showed us what you're like. And now here we are. Dads, granddads, great-granddads. spiritual dads in the body of Christ. And we've got all kinds of voices coming at us. Tell us what's important and what we need to be preparing our kids for. And this morning, Father, we're recognizing that knowing you and living with you forever is the most important thing. So help our relationship with you to be the most important thing in our lives so that our kids can see that. So that when we talk about it, it won't be foreign language to our kids. They'll understand what we're talking about because they've seen it. And 
Our Heavenly Father, if there are any dads here this morning who haven't yet put their trust in Jesus, haven't yet received Jesus, haven't believed in his name, so they haven't become a child of God yet, help them to realize that that's the first step in being a great dad. Because that's a requirement for us to have what we need to be offering and what we need to be teaching and what we need to be shooting for with our kids. So help them see that this morning, Father. Help them put their trust in Jesus. Help them to realize that is the most important thing that they can do for themselves and for their kids. And as far as they're concerned, for your glory, which is why you made them to begin with. Help them to see that. And Father, those of us who have that relationship with you, have that forgiveness from you, have that promise of eternal life, some of us have forgotten how important our relationship with you is. And we've let it, we've let it get choked out a little bit. We've let it get put out of focus a little bit because we've been focusing and in, in spending so much time and energy and effort on other things. Help us to get back to the most important thing in our lives so that we have something not only to talk about, but to show. And Father, we pray that you would use us in our kids' lives not just to prepare them for important things, but many important things that will not last. But help us to prepare them for the important things that will last forever. And we bow to you this morning in prayer because we acknowledge that we can't do it on our own. Oh, we thank you so much for the partnership of your church, the partnership of our wives and kids in this. But Father, we know that it's your work. And so we pray and ask you to do it. And we pray it all in Jesus' name.